All right. Yeah, everybody. Oh, what, uh, what, 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 uh, let me get a drink of water here. What, uh, what's, what's 22. our number? 22. Hold on. Such a smart move to put the vodka in the water cooler. <laughs> Five gallons of it. Yeah, so hammered. I'm just going to leave all that on there. Hey, all right, you ready? Hey, We're why don't you come over here and lick on my love pump? All right, here we go. Sorry. Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Oh, welcome to the greatest story never told. Thank you guys for uh, listening to the podcast and uh, subscribing at Radio.com. This is episode number 22, and we're going to get into uh, some uh, discussion here about Steve's band days. Uh, Steve, you played... Some discussion, uh, yes. Yes, uh, yes, some of the discussion about when you uh, have been in many bands over the years. Uh, First, we have a couple official sponsors, and as you know, uh, one of the things that we're trying to do here with The Greatest Story Never Told is give some money back to the Fisher House, and although there might have been a commercial that played before you heard our actual podcast. We only know this because you email us. We don't know. There's a good chance that we didn't and we don't care. So we're going <laughs> to get uh, some more additional sponsors uh, for our podcast. And we asked you, I believe, the last time. I think we took that total number of donations from 12 to $15? I believe $15 was, uh, yeah, the the, the um, lowest we would take, yes. Uh, considering the uh, hardships that are going on now, look, we just did a, a radio show where it was nonstop wall-to-wall uh, people are having a hard time as far as their job situation right now and everything else. We're going to lower that to $10. If you donate $10 to the Fisher House at this point in time, we think that would be plenty, and you will be an official sponsor. So, Steve, real quick, before we get to your story, what? we have a few official sponsors of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast to read, and we start with Ola. We at A Clean Chimney would like to be the new official sponsor of The Greatest Story Never Told. I'm a text of the receipt for a donation to the Fisher House and the amount of 100 American dollars. Oh, thank you, man. That's awesome. Uh, If anyone in the greater King County area are looking for chimney repairs or cleaning, please give A Clean Chimney a call or visit our website at A, as in the letter, because there's no other way to spell it, CleanNorthWestNW.com. Mention you heard this ad on the Men's Room Greatest Story Never Told and receive a 10% discount. Thank really? you, Nathan. Yeah. Damn. Owner of a clean chimney. Hey, man, you don't want your chimney to catch on fire. That is a fact. As a father, I found chimneys more important Here's because the, uh, when the kids say they're cold, I have noticed... I will make a yeah. fire and tell him to put on a sweatshirt, but F off otherwise. And here's the uh, donation, uh, and uh, let's see here. Area of greatest need is how uh, Nathan sent that. So thank you. And that goes to the Fisher House. And people send us the receipts after they donate. Which is Because cool. we can't take the donations. You have to do that through the Fisher House website, you see. Yeah. That way our hands are clean. Yeah, yeah. Do not they give them to us. We don't even know why we're sending them the money right that, now. You know, here's the really messed up thing. We they know this. Denzel. We have not actually told the Fisher House that we're encouraging people to do right, this. So they're yeah. probably... Probably wondering where this excess charity comes from. Ooh, we have almond creamer now for our coffee. Uh, with the, Are you being serious right now? With the donations we're sending in, man, they're going to be hooked up. Oh. Picture house. <laughs> <laughs> Normally it's just this regular half and half. We're stepping up. We have a pump. Uh, here's another sponsor. About two weeks ago, I began binge listening to the greatest story never told. Told, told, told. I am now done, unfortunately. In capital letters, but I hope that the next one will be sponsored by... The Captain Soapy, 
as I have gone on to donate a modest sum of $69 to the Fisher House. 69 yes. really? Best wishes to you all. I look forward to hearing about the incident in the future. Also regarding episode 11, the way the vocal minority parried the, uh, parodied the men's room may have been the funniest thing I have ever heard. So caca bitches and Ola Bicholos. <laughs> and one more because we roll this way. Uh, this is from... The lab with Brad.com. Okay. That is where our podcast lives. People have a lot of free time on their hands. Uh, thought we'd get that out there right away before either one of the hosts gets distracted. <laughs> uh, we're uh, the Brothers Barton, and we have a podcast. You can find us at the lab with Brad.com. A couple of armchair science enthusiasts, Steve. Armchair science. Talking science. I dig it. That's me. Yeah, yeah, man. No politics, no guilt trips, no, no clue. No. It's uh, science. It's You're just going to be distracted by a lot of science fun there. This is just for you, Steve. Uh, join us every week as we learn, laugh, and mispronounce with more than 250 episodes. Can I call into your podcast? See, that that is a podcast I can get behind. Not yeah. this one. The one you're listening to, no. And, uh, but seriously, man, I, I would be your armchair scientist. Sure. And when we go on vacation, you guys can step in and do this podcast. That would be great. You never know when we're going to need a day off in here. As we do, Our boss uh, is going to yell at us after exactly. that. God damn it, man. So uh, we've talked a lot about our personal lives. Uh, I, I played a lot of sports growing up. Steve, you, you were into music. Yeah. You've been playing bass since uh, you were what? How old? Oh, hang on. Yeah, 16. 16. All right. And I know for a fact, and Steve is very humble about this, that not only uh, is he a great bass player, but uh, the enthusiasm uh, that you play with, the passion that you play with, the skill level that you play with. And uh, believe it or not, you've had a lot of cool opportunities as far as opening up for bands like, oh, I don't know, Vince Neil one night. Oh, I, I know that was a, nothing a better huge than watching the, the Digest Master. Yes. Of you. And, and not only that, but, uh, you know, Stephen Piercy and Rat, I know you. And we made eye contact in a bathroom, <laughs> in a casino. Did he come in sounding like somebody from the old west? As he, you, uh, it was just a weird moment. And listen, <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, he, uh, our band had played. He is now dressed, and what he's going to wear on stage? Because believe it or not, they don't dress that way uh, normally. Right. But it sounded like. Uh, like an old western before the duel, so their their spurs are hitting like the the ground. Mm-hmm. I hear all this rattling. So this is coming into the chain. bathroom. It's what I'm peeing, and so my back is to the door, but it's this real slow footfalls. But every footfall has a jingle, and he's whistling. Did it sound like he was a wanted man? Wow. Yes, it kind it kind of did. Cool. He sounded like way cool so junior. When you go up to the urinal, do you speak? Or do you have a lack of communication? I, oh, wow. Wow, man. We're going to do rat songs. All right. No, no, no. You're just cool. going to lay it down. No, Stephen right. Pearson. We're taking all these jokes out of the cellar and bringing them back to you. Oh, man. So they're going round and round? Yes. They are going round and round with these bad jokes, Mike. Going round. Bam. Nice way to finish it off. Round we're in. We're done with rat jokes. That's all we got. <laughs> but uh, it was just weird, like, because I didn't know what was happening, man. My back is uh, uh, to the doorway. And you hear the slow footfalls, you hear some whistling, and you hear the jingle jangle. You know it's someone in a band because you recognize the, the sound stupid. The rock and roll sound? In the world of rock and roll, you know the sound of chains bouncing off of leather, right? Either that or it's the janitor coming in to clean the place. No, you know the sound of keys. That's when you put away your drugs. Yeah, it's because you've been to jail. Yes, that is true. <laughs> so my man shows up, he's whistling, he doesn't know I'm in there, I'm finishing up, but I turn around and we make eye contact. And uh, I don't know, it's just strange. So it's we're looking at each other, and I think we both recognize that we have nothing to say, but here we are within three feet of each other. So I was just like, what's up, man? He's like, what's going on? And that was it. That, that was, was my all. Whole that was all. My entire okay. interaction with uh, Also, you, you've got on stage, and uh, you played uh, with, the, with the main guy from Fishbone. 
Dude, yeah. Which like, is a pretty deal, cool deal. Well, I happen to love Fishbone. Me and 15 other people, Miles being one of them, lead singer came in. Uh, he had a side project, right? This is when we're on like KISW. Early in our career here, he comes in. Even our boss was like, nobody cares who he is. We said, dude, we know that, but we love this guy. But so does had John Cusack and us. And us. And uh, anyways, bass player's like, oh, you play bass, blah, 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 blah. We exchange phone numbers. Dude calls me up like an hour later says, hey. You want to drive over to Bellevue, uh, re- next to Seattle, if you don't know, and uh, play a gig with us. I'm like, hell yeah, I do. Uh, so I've got to play with him on stage. Very cool. For me personally, means nothing to anyone else. Sure. So uh, two stories that I know I've heard before, but but uh, but I want you to share them. So the first one uh, is- Am I going to be uncomfortable? No. Uh, well, look, as far as being on the East Coast, being a band, if you want to be in a band, like anything else, you want to go to the big cities, you want to play stuff. Yeah. And one of those. Well, keep in mind, back then, Mike, uh, with no internet, and this is honest to God truth, it was, this is pre-CD, all right? You wanted to get enough money to go to a recording studio. There's no Pro Tools, there's nothing. You had to get the money to go to a recording studio. You'd record a cassette tape, and then you would physically spend hours with your buddies with 500 copies of your flyer from Kinko's, right? And staple these sons of bitches. Sure. It sounds stupid, but like that's how life was back then. And and there's these iconic venues that, that are still there, some of them. Some of them are, some. Are, are not there anymore. But the idea was if you could just be good enough to get on the stage in L.A. at the Whiskey A Go-Go or as time Absolutely. goes on, the Viper Room. Yeah. Or if, if you could be you big to enough prove yourself. to play Red Rocks if you made it that big, even if you were big enough where you, you were the headliner for that kind of show. And on the East Coast... You know, there's the Fillmore on the West Coast. There was a Fillmore East Coast. But the place the that place. you wanted to play if you were on the East Coast is CBGB's in New York City. Ab-so-freaking-lutely. There, there's, there's no other. There's Nothing. the 930 Club in D.C., which is iconic, and, and they, they're, they're an amazing venue. When Guns N' Roses. There's Hammer Jacks in Baltimore, which is yeah, an amazing venue. That's where you go to get an STD. But Correct. CBGBs, put it this way. Oh, you know CB- I got that crabs in there. I got crabs enough to feed the whole family. I went and saw Steve Whiteman open up for kicks, and then when Winger came out, I f some dude in the head. I'm pretty sure I got an itch going on right now. And this is even before Tesla took the stage. I already f four dudes. <laughs> and my name is Betty. Right. That Betty! is Hammerjacks. So, uh, so CBGB's is the but best But CBGB's, all right, when Guns N' Roses was on top of the world, one of the, uh, it was big at the time, they released a concert video of them playing at CBGB's. It only mattered because it's CBGB's. And for nine months, my drummer called this woman named Tracy. She used to be the booking agent at CBGB's, which is in New York City. We're in Baltimore, what, 180 miles away, so it's like Yeah, that. three hours, three and a half. So he called her every single day, four or five times a day, and he was that guy, all right? So she got pissed. Eventually, after this much time, she finally resigned and just said, you know what? Jesus Christ, I will book you guys, all right? I give up. Bam! We roll up there, and I remember the moment that you have is I cannot believe I'm walking into CBGB's because it is truly, particularly at that time, it's such an iconic joint, and for them to book you means they're taking a chance. It matters, all right? So they were doing what was called a showcase. They'll see what bands stick, what bands don't. The best way I can describe the band I was in would be Rage Against the Machine before Rage Against the Machine, all right? It was that, man, because we liked a little bit of everything, but we're young, we are angry, we are... You think think I'm a horrible person now? I was like eight times more voracious then. I want to fight you, I want to eat you, I hate everything, but you take it through the music, right? So that's the way it sounded. We get this gig, and I remember we walk in. You got a couple hours to kill. You meet a few other bands. I asked where the bathroom was. 
Uh, they pointed it out. Now, look, I was really broke back then. But when I wa- and this is not a joke. When I walked into the CBGB's bathroom, I thought that floor was so sticky. I thought it would rip the soles off of my shoes. And then you stand well, they're in one also place, uh, taped together with uh, different duct tape. pair of shoes. Different right. pair of shoes. I, I don't have luck with shoes. Different story. So, but you stand there for thirty seconds. You pee when you turn around because you've planted yourself firmly for thirty seconds. Like it took effort to get my feet off the floor. It's that kind of place. But. We take the stage. We play our show. You're playing at CBGB. We are now playing at CBGB. No. Do you remember who you were playing with? The bands I honestly involved? Don't. I don't, because okay. it was all showcase. It was other gotcha. bands like us gotcha. that were begging you to play. All and right. uh, so, no, no name bands, sure. quote And uh, but man, I, I'm older now, so I'm how long play did as they hard. give you to play? I believe we had a 40 minute set, man. So, so you, you could you play like eight songs, about nine eight or songs. nine songs. Okay. And I mean, I remember we're feeling good about this. We are smoking. I play hard. I play heavy because I love. I must cuss. I love playing music, right? Period. You can cuss. He'll bleep it out. So I f- love playing music. So we absolutely threw now. Well, now the moment has come. We get a call back from CBG. So they liked you. Out of we all the showcase bands, they, they, you. they, they said. You guys crushed it. You blew the roof off the. So oh, they actually gave you good we compliments. God damn, no, we did. And this is a That's person. why we came up with We'll take that next slot you gave right. us. They invited us up. Now CBGB's Miles has invited the band. We have made it. You can't say to us. Sorry, Mike. You can't say a damn thing about it. Because you were so good the first time, they're bringing you back. Hell yeah, you're bringing us back, man. Now, this time, we are proud. We are excited. We got our friends. We're working in the restaurant business. Word gets around. So a lot of cats are going to take this they're play Friday the mozzarella sticks. day night off. A Friday night in the restaurant industry. We rented three vans, which is like all the money we had. And we drove from Baltimore up to CBGB's. Now we're only playing with two other bands. We are a major part of this ticket, friends. We're about to blow the roof off of New York City and let them know what's what. And we get there. We got lost in Harlem at the time. It's a terrifying experience. But we got out of there. We finally find CBGB's. We get there, and we're told, man, to this day, I'm bitter. I'm sorry. Ian McCullough, that's the lead singer of Echo and the goddamn Bunny Man, has just released a solo album, happens to be in New York, and our show was canceled. Hmm. All three bands. The highlight of your life is that you almost played CBGB a second twice. time on an invite. Okay, but but that, no, but is that is that is that the most memorable no, time that no, you've been no, on no, stage? No. I mean, as far as like what you can remember, as far as looking out into the audience, that experience when you're there, and that, that had to be very cool because you're being accepted by a group of uh, a New York music scene which does not accept and anybody. So, Ian think, McCullough, remember think, that think, son of a think bitch. Rolling Stone review. That son of a bitch. No, listen. What it, do you remember? But the that most? was a band thing. That was a band moment. That was a brotherhood. That was a, that was a group disappointment. The thing I remember most about ever playing on a stage, and this is sad. This is really, 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 really a sad story. But before the show, we had just done lines of cocaine. We are, no, Mike, you have no idea, man. I mean, like, flying on cocaine. But I don't know. On that night, we felt good. And we are flying. And we did as many lines as you could humanly do before we took the stage, right? So now we take the stage. And it is a good show because everyone is flying on cocaine. We're playing hard. I got a good sweat going on. I got a good sweat. Everyone's you take your shirt around, off man. at this point? Dude, you walk on the stage without the I shirt, always, bro. Uh, I always bet on the number of songs, uh, just so you know, a side bet, before you take your shirt off. It gets so hot. It's and too, you take it, it off. No, because you get in tribal. You get it. It's like Tarzan, oh, bro. It's like, it's like Sully from Godsmack. I have a two and a half song window where I put down <laughs> my $5 or my next beer on when Steve will take his shirt off. 
Well, I, yeah. I win this by 95% of the time, 98.7% of the time. Next time I take my shirt off, I'm going to throw it to you. <laughs> okay. Right. Heavy with sweat. All right. So we're up on stage, man. Like I said, everyone's flying on cocaine. And if you don't know anything about cocaine, if nothing else, it gets you hyped up, all right? Which is good. And we are playing the music and the whole band. We are locked in and we're feeling good. And every once in a while, and if you play music, you know this. It's inexplicable, but every once in a while, you're playing a gig. Same cats, right? But you can't mess up. You know, you're so locked in each other, but the crowd feels it, man. You feel it, dude. There is no vibe that is big. This is bigger than religion, politics, you name it. When people are gelling on music, it's just like this spiritual moment, and I'm feeling this. In spite of the spiritual moment, I also noticed this very busty blunt <laughs> in the front row. Yes. All right. And she, now you have my attention. She is wearing the type of top that says, I'll even have sex with the bass player. All right. So that is like, I have legally covered my boobs, but anything that can be exposed, it is there for you to see. Now, when you're on a stage, the way the lights come down, if you're in theater, play, whatever, you know this, you can only see about four rows and then it's just kind of pitch black. But this chick's up front because she wants to be seen. She knows what she's doing. And believe me, She's being seen because she's giving like the devil horn. Yeah. She's showing me the oh, whole kit and kaboom. And listen, y- you look at it, you wouldn't be proud I'm, to be I'm with Blue her. Joe Elliott hey, in man, a bus. She can suck a bowling ball through a coffee <laughs> stir. I have no doubt about this. And it's not that I'm particularly interested, but I recognize that she's there, okay? And she's jumping up and down, but her eyes are on me the whole time. For whatever reason, I'm like, cool. But we're playing, and I don't remember the part of the song, but no one's singing. It's just a part where the whole band can just headbang, man. So we're in it. I keep mine. I'm flying on cocaine. One of the problems with cocaine is that you snort it through your nose. But what goes up must inevitably come down. So the, the whole show, you can't hear it. But I'm like. <laughs> Are you trying to suck up a big loop to, to the back up. of your throat to get it out of your nostril? Well, I miss one. And so I feel this thing drip down. Right? So I am banging my head. And it, this is a slow motion moment for me. And it's just because I remember it so vividly. I am now whipping my head back up. And this snot rocket shoots out of my nose. Keep in mind, it's flipping end over end, okay? Much like this thing. It looks like the monolith from 2001, all right? But pictures think it's slow, but it's just a snot rocket. So generally speaking, it is clear and gelatinous. But in the stage lights that hit this thing, it's yellow and red and blue, and it strobes. And I realize, because I can feel this thing leave my nose like a wet noodle, dude. It's like, And now this thing, it's shaking up in the air, rotating backwards. And this chick with the big boobs is jumping, dude. And this thing lands. And I don't think she sees it directly on top of her cleavage. And I see it hit. You grab your base and walk to the other side of the damn stage and pretend it didn't happen and do not go back over there for the rest of the show. This has been the greatest story never told. Oh, this stuff happened. It's embarrassing. Uh, it's humiliating. Don't now? clap for I'm that. Tired. Do not clap for that. That's okay. a true story. It's so embarrassing. And if you are that woman, honest to God, I apologize. He's not sorry. No, no, I'm going to tell you this. Sorry. No, no. I know you're not sorry. No, no. Let me you tell you one thing. No, her. I'm going to tell you one no, thing. No, you don't. One thing. I want you to know this. 
That's not working. Based on the amount of cocaine we did that night, that's not working. But that landed on you. It was probably worth $40. If you licked it, you could have got a buzz. <laughs> it was, that was a $40 that's slap a gram. That was a gram loogie. <laughs> it was bad, and I'm sorry. We're out. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. A Double Flush Production. <laughs>